We never established last week whose turn it's supposed to be. We didn't. <laughs> we just defaulted to Katie and it fucked everything up still. So I'll just start over. We're just starting over. Not points wise. Not that we've done points in a forever. I know. There, there have been no points in forever, but we'll start the order of the game over. Uh, Justin, A, B, C, D, or E? Um, We're going to go with D, but I, do you have anything on Kanye West? For D. <laughs> Dude, he's been dropped by request. the world. Yeah, yeah like. Man, dude, this this collapse, bro. All right. This, and while we're on that, while we're on that, I'm going to look directly at the camera. And I'm going to say Adidas. It took you too damn long, Adidas. It took you too damn long. It took Kanye saying, Adidas can't drop me for saying anti-Semitic uh, uh, shit because there are the rumors that Adidas was founded by Nazis. Because it really depends on the version of the story you believe. The brother that started Adidas says that his brother that started Puma was the Nazi. And the brother that started Puma says the brother that started Adidas was the Nazi. So, huh? I think they probably both were. Let's just be honest. They probably both were. Yeah. Yeah, I'd go with that. You know, if they're both going, nope, the other one was. Yeah, right. They probably both were. You know, this isn't like a left-right Twix situation. Maybe it is. Maybe it is a left-right Twix because they were both just Nazis. But yes. Man. So that's what he was alluding to with that. And they still waited like some days to go, you know what? No, no more. Too damn long. Jeez. And I love my yeah. Adidas's. I mean, pretty much the only tennis shoe I wear is an Adidas Superstar 2. Mm. Currently, I'm I'm, I, I'm I'm rocking my black on black on blacks. Nice. Yeah, they look nice. They look spectacular. But get, come get the fuck with it, dude. Everyone else in the world that dropped his ass. And we're, everybody's yeah. like, and it, it took people, him saying that shit and other people going, really, Adidas? Like, really? Like, really? Fuck, man. Yeah, like, man, it's been crazy, dude. I just, I want to say, like, Sunday and Monday, all I kept seeing was this, this company is dropping it. This company is cutting ties. This company commented about not no longer working with Kanye West. And I'm like, wow, man. Wow. Which was to kind of be expected, but it's just like, man, this <laughs> the, 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 this collapse is unlike anything. This is this feels unlike anything that we've seen from him before. I, I don't know if you had to rank his collapses. Is that even oh, no, a thing? Can it. I even say that? This is it. <laughs> yeah, like this is. This has to be the number one. one. Yeah. No, he's he's going full on series finale. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, so. You know, he's, I I don't know what the fuck he's doing. And 
And fuck, wasn't it so weird? And this, I, I don't give a fuck. We'll talk about it more later. But what it's so weird hearing a Kanye song in this movie? Like yes. right in the middle of all this, they're just like, hey, hey. yeah. I'm just like, and it's Ooh. and it's bittersweet for me because I used that theme to, to come out as a wrestler for the longest time. Like, and so when I heard Power, first I was kind of like, oh, Power. And then I started, then the, for a moment, I almost started rocking. And then for a moment, I went, but Kanye West, man, see what has he been <laughs> doing? And I went, and then I, I was, so instead of going, oh, that Kanye West, I was like, oh, that Kanye West. Right. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm right there with you because like, I, I, a big chunk of my life was defined by listening to Kanye West music. Just the sheer amount of Kanye West I listened to for the longest time. And so it's that instinctualness of it. Especially like one of his old bangers comes on. You're just like, fuck yeah. And then you just like, you go, fuck yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just and now it's gonna be like that. Now it's gonna be, and I have so much Kanye West on my phone. Yeah, I have so much on my playlist. I have so much Kanye West, man. Like even on the trip to Colorado, Kanye West kept coming on to where uh, the friend of mine, the passenger um, that I, one of the friends I was riding with, was like, "Man, your because because I just put it on like random shuffle music," and he was like, "Well." your phone is really feeling Kanye West on this trip. And I was like, well, mm. yeah, I got a lot. Of, I got a lot of him on my phone. And now I'm like, am I going to have to remove all this? I don't know, man. Like, see, I'm, I'm with you on that. It like, sucks. It's that torn position of I've already paid for it. So yep. listening to it and it's already on my phone. So it's not like a stream on Spotify. It's on my phone. It's downloaded because I bought it on iTunes years ago. Mm hmm. Yep, years so ago. He, he doesn't benefit at all from me listening to it now. But my worry is, and like, and it's not even part of my worry. It's just like the whole thing is, is if somebody hears that I'm listening to Kanye West, they're going to think I'm a damn Nazi. <laughs> yeah. Can't have that. Just can't. How have did it. he go from George Bush doesn't like black people to this? Yeah, I don't know. And like, and this is kind of going to be a weird jump, but I think it's kind of funny. Like I was having this conversation with my friends and we were like, is if, if, and we were like, if Russell Wilson continues to do what he's doing with the Broncos, is he the football equivalent of a Kanye West collapse? <laughs> like, how do you go from, like being like one of the best quarterbacks and now he's like one of the worst statistically. Yeah. And then you just keep getting these, t these tidbits from him. Like, Oh, I was doing high knees on the plane while everybody was asleep on the way to London. It's like, what? <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, he has gone nuts too. Exactly. Right. Like, have you seen yeah, it that may not video? be Nazi nuts, yeah. but, with, no, I, but with respect to football, it's almost the same damn thing. Like, 
what is this man doing? <laughs> I, I, I get it's a weird analogy, Justin. It's a weird analogy, but I oddly enough, I get it. Exactly. Right. Like if you know football, you get it because it's kind of the same thing. And he's got this, you know, this, this persona, this Mr. Unlimited and this stature. And he's all like, yeah, look at me. I'm a superstar. And he's always like kind of pushing that, that R3 brand and all of that kind of stuff. But then, but it feels like in his, when you look at the team and what's going on, he's just surrounded by chaos. And it's like, it's, I think they're, I think in, in weird respects, they're both victims of the same thing. Hmm. And that's their, their support team and the people around them. Yes. Aren't telling them the right things. Yep. Too for too long. And I'm not going to lie in a weird way as a fan. I'm, I, I, I am guilty of this too. When it comes to Kanye for too long, he threw up red flags nowhere near as like anti-Semitism red flags or like far right wing fascist red flags, but just the, the, the something's wrong red flags. Mm-hmm. He's thrown those up for a very long time. And I, I'm not gonna lie. I was guilty of looking past those because the music was so damn good. Yep. And now you look back at it and you're like, he has been telling us for so long that this yep. was coming. Yeah. I should have saw the signs. I should have saw the signs. And it's so funny because we were doing the same thing with Russell Wilson. We were like, man, I was thinking about last year when he was out there playing imaginary football with himself while no, he was injured in Seattle. Not even just imaginary football. He did imaginary fan high fives. Yep. Fan high fives. He was running. He was talking to everybody. He was like, okay, guys, like gathering up a huddle and everything like that, just out there by himself on an actual NFL football field playing imaginary football. And I should have known then, Sterling. I should have saw it then. So like, I started thinking about all this and it just hit me. He's doing, he's doing, this is a Kanye, this is becoming a Kanye West-like collapse. But anyway, I just, I just knew you would get that. So yeah. it just seemed appropriate to say. Because for um, so long, yeah. I was like, Kanye is Mount, like Mount Rushmore caliber. Even if you don't necessarily think lyricist wise, production and musicality wise, he is up mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And now I'm like, I don't even want him looking at the mountain. Yeah. And Russell Wilson, you could argue, was Hall of Fame bound when he was playing in Seattle. Yeah. yeah I don't think sure. he is anymore. Yeah. And I, I thought he was one of the best, man. I was I was tooting his horn, man. Like, yeah, man, he doesn't get the credit he deserves. He's underrated. But he has great numbers, this, that, and the other. He doesn't get a lot. I mean, I was, I was a big supporter of his. And now it's like, now it's like Yeezy, man. I'm just like, oh my gosh, man, what is happening? And I was in denial when, when, when the, when it start, when stuff started happening, I was in denial, just like I was with Kanye. But now it's kind of like, at some point, man, you got to just take your hands off. Yeah, I get it. 
Like um, everybody else did with yeah. Kanye, I guess. Real quick before the movie, because I want to be fair to Justin, because Heather tried to call me out last week and say that I don't do this at the right times. So this will be the obligatory. Justin, how about them Cowboys? Well, thank <laughs> you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. They, um, they just so you know, Heather, they did win this last weekend. Yeah, they that's did. why okay. I, I never, I never timed up right. Whereas asking him that after a win. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> got it. And they had a I few in there. It. I never asked though, but they had some wins. So yeah. this is to be fair to Justin. And I believe the Titans won last week too, didn't they? We did. Yeah, somebody didn't remember them. So as I recall, so. <laughs> I mean, we effectively ended Matt Ryan's career. I mean, yeah. He, he got benched. Matt, I don't see him signing with another team next year. So <laughs> we effectively killed Matty Ice. I mean, I say that. 28 to 3 killed Matty Ice. Yeah. But Matt Ryan, formerly known as Matty Ice, his career is essentially over. Yeah, you did that. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about that Titan fan? How do you feel about it? You know what? Honestly, sad? pretty good because he plays for the Colts. <laughs> if he still played for the Falcons, I'd feel bad. But he plays for the Colts. So, you know what? Fuck the Colts. So, I'm okay with that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm glad that we have this platform for you to express that. Yeah, pretty much. Ah. <sighs> I love saying fuck the Colts. It's just a fun thing to say. <laughs> Man. Mm-mm-mm. Anyway. I guess let's go to the movie. Oh, man. I just... Uh, Are you sure you want to do it? I don't want to. Golly. I don't. You know what? <laughs> no, we will. You said like you about to get... Uh, a tooth removed. Man, dude, because <laughs> I'm going from fucking Halloween ends to this. No. It's been rough, yeah. I mean, this isn't Halloween ends bad. But it's also not good. It's not. It's You're about to hear all about it. <sighs> okay. It's time to be professional and hit the button. Let's ride. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Somebody else. Nobody knows anything but you. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Cinema Slayer. Slayer. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And tonight we are going to talk about everything in between with the movie Black Adam. I <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm being biased. I can't actually say the words liked before <laughs> I mention this movie's title. Damn. Even in the context of didn't like I can't. 
So we will go uh, spoiler-free recommendations and scores and then into a more spoiler-centric section with time codes in the description to allow you to jump around if you so require in both podcast and YouTube form. With all that being said, uh, Heather, what are your spoiler-free thoughts about this fucking movie? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, (laughs) it's, it's a movie. (laughs) I, this is hard. I think it is only by actual definition. Because it's like two hours long. You know, I think aside from the fact that I think that the dialogue in this movie was abysmal for the most part. (laughs) um, I think for me, it felt like we picked up in this movie like 30 minutes into it. Like it didn't feel like we started at the beginning with this movie. I feel like when we start this movie, it's it's almost like these characters have known each other and been around each other for longer than when we're shown them for the first time. You know, it just it felt very much like they did not start it at the beginning. They started it like 20, 30 minutes into the movie after they already met all these things, because I feel like we don't even really get huge introductions into some of these characters that are key players or supposed to be key players in the film. You know, we just kind of know that they are there and they introduce who they are. And that's kind of all you really get about them. Um, The fact that they make a big deal out of having these supposed superheroes helping with the mission of what's going on in this movie. And they actually are mostly pointless. Like a few of them, half of them are kind of unnecessary or they are not developed enough in this movie to really care about them at all. So it, I don't know. I feel like this one was just kind of all over the place. Um, It was also, uh, it felt very slow to me. I don't, I don't really care for how they, I guess, um, I mean, paced, I guess, but I don't really feel like they unveiled the story in the best way that they could have done it for you to, care more for it to flow as naturally as it could have I guess Um, because you see stuff happening in the present they do some flashbacks of things and like I don't know I feel like they could have just kind of pieced it together a little bit better than they did Um, I mean and the thing about it is I love The Rock you know I think we all on here do Um, he's just a very (laughs) Sterling has changed his mind I I think he's just a very likable person, you know, and it's like he's I'm not going to sit here and say he's a phenomenal actor in anything I've seen him in. He's serviceable, but he's so charming and he's just such a likable person that even in spite of the fact that he's not like, you know, top tier actor, you want to watch his movies or I want to watch his movies, you know. (laughs) or I did before this one but um you know it's and it's unfortunate because like as much as I enjoy The Rock I just there there was nothing really super good about this movie there is one character that I feel like is the only saving grace of this film and it's not even any of the superheroes 
you know, it's, it's crazy. Like just the way that they, I don't know, the way they do this is not, it's not very enjoyable. And I feel like for the type of character that black Adam is supposed to be the portrayal of him that the rock does doesn't quite match. And I don't know anything about the comic book version of black Adam or anything like that, but just the, and and we'll get into it, I'm sure. But the way that he is um, characterized on screen doesn't feel like it really fits with the type of character they're saying that he is in the stories about him. So I don't know. It just feels very off to me. Um, it's, it's a failed attempt. I mean, they, they have a lot of action in it. And I think that the action sort of saves them in those moments when the dialogue just gets so bad and they have nowhere else to go with the dialogue. They just cut to action pretty quickly. So I guess that kind of helps. <laughs> but I just don't really feel like there's anything outstanding or anything at all memorable about this film. Like, it's one of the first, I mean, one of the first, like, superhero movies in a long time that I just didn't really enjoy. Like, I, I was trying to think about it, and I want to say probably Dark Phoenix was the one that I the last time I didn't enjoy a movie that much, that was a superhero movie. Actually, I think it's new mutant. Now that I think about it. Oh, that was after New Mutants came out after dark mm. Phoenix. Mm. And you know it what? Did. To be fair, I wasn't a big fan of the Eternals either, but I didn't dislike it as much as these movies that we just talked about. Um, yeah. New mutants. You might be right. That one. And yeah, that that's fair, but it's just been a while. Like there's movies, you know, there's the superhero movies we've seen where it's like, eh, you know, they've done better ones, but it's still decent. Like for example, um, Thor Love and Thunder. I didn't think it was the best, but it was still, they had some an, enough enjoyable things in it for me to be okay with it still for the most part. With this one, it's really hard to find anything that you really care about about this movie or anything that you're just like, that was done in an awesome way. You know, that was an awesome character. There's just, no, everything is very basic and very um, just, you feel just so removed from any of these characters because you just don't care about anything going on. So yeah, unfortunately I was not a big fan of this movie. Justin. Well, I, I remember going into this movie, one of the things that they talked about was that this was supposed to be like a game changer film for the DCEU. Like this was going to kind of rock and shake the boat and that this was going to sort of change the game for the DC. EU because for a while it kind of seemed like it had lost its way. We were kind of doing like all of these different narratives and they all kind of in while in some, it was sort of stated that there was a connection. A lot of them just kind of felt like their own separate thing. You know, it, you know, that cohesiveness from the DCEU, we weren't quite seeing to the extent of something like what Marvel is doing and stuff like that. So this movie was supposed to be like a game changer, or at least they touted 
that this was going to be a game changer movie. Um, and the weird thing is, is that maybe there is one thing that did, that did happen to where maybe you can say, okay, um, because this thing happened, we probably are going to go. It, it, it does hint that we could possibly be going to a certain direction. Um, so it does do that, I guess. We'll have, but we'll have to see like what the impact of that is. Um, but as, but, but I was hoping that this wouldn't be a thing where it's like, okay, you get to the after credit scene and what that and what, and the promise of that is the game changing element or the thing that you should be excited about. I thought the movie was going to be <laughs> game changing. The movie itself, the story itself, the character itself was going to be the game changing element. And unfortunately, that's wasn't the case at all. You know, it, it just sort of felt like, especially certain elements of this, especially the third act, it's just every third act that we've seen before in superhero movies that we don't like and often say that it's a weakness. It, it, it commits that third act sin, you know, all over again. And, you know, we thought that maybe we had sort of progressed past it, but it feels like we're back here again, where we're kind of seeing this superhero third act that has happened just many a times. And, and it sucks because some of the characters that it introduces in this, I wanted to like them. I liked some of the casting that, that was, that was done for these characters. And some of these characters had some interesting things about them. There were some cool visual effects, you know, there was some interesting like fight sequences with them and things like that, that I did find somewhat enjoyable. But unfortunately, it felt like those characters needed their own film or their own, you know, streaming series or something like that. It felt I get what you're saying, Heather, when you said it felt like we came in 30 minutes in. It, it felt like there was another movie to set this up that we didn't get. It, it felt yep. like there was a series before this that we needed to have to set the, to so that we could know who these characters are. And then this is the movie where we sort of are now, you know, we know these characters and now they're in this story. Um, so that's unfortunate because it was so hard to invest in them because beyond just the things that I'm seeing or cool visual effects or actions or kind of interesting action sequences, I don't know anything about them. And I'm waiting on the movie to tell me something about them. And it chooses to just give you the, the, the tiniest of tidbits. And it just felt like the movie was not interested in that, in that at all. And it just sucks because I was really hoping that the introduction of this character and how he fits into the DCEU would be better. Um, as far as like the rock and his performance and everything, it's interesting because going into this, all I heard was, well, 
the the rock is just the rock like even people that liked it they were like you know the rock is pretty much just the the rock he's you know he's been this kind of character in in every movie you know i didn't see anything that really stood out about his performance but the funny thing about it to me though is that this felt like he actually dumbed it down though like as far as his charisma and as far as like the energy that he normally brings and the charm that he normally brings to a role, it felt like he had to dumb it down because we had to be sort of this dark anti-hero DCEU character. So I think while some people are like, well, his, you know, he was the same as he is in other movies. No, I think he really sort of dumbed it down to try to be this anti-hero character and i mean so i guess in a way it's weird because in a way he showed a little more range because this is not the normal rock that he plays but in another way it just sucked because you kind of wanted more of that i guess that's what you're used to you kind of wanted some more of that and so when the charm would come out you know you were like okay there it is a little bit but he couldn't really go for a rock because of what this character needed to be or what they thought this character needed to be. I so can see that. Yeah. That's kind of unfortunate too. You know, I disagree with the notion that this is just was a typical rock performance. I honestly don't think it was, you know. Um so it's this two-headed coin of yes, he showed some range. But the movie cared so little about, like, really trying to, like, emotionally flesh out the character. You really don't get that. And the story sort of surrounding the character I thought was okay. You know, I just wish we had told the story better in some ways. So ultimately, like, it really sucks. This was just sort of a mixed bag for me. I don't think I'm as down on it as you two were. Like... Um, but it definitely was disappointed. I I thought I was going to get like a game changer movie. And all I really got was sort of maybe a game changing element. Maybe there's, um, uh, with, with the reveal at the end, maybe that can be something that changes something. But ultimately the movie just felt like, those C-level, B-level, like, superhero movies, you know, which which really sucks. Like, I think if you go in just wide-eyed and you're like, all I want to see is just a bunch of CGI stuff and people flying around and action sequences and bright colors and stuff like that and just, you know, one-liners and stuff like that, I mean, if this is the kind of, the quality of, comic book film you're you're in you're in the mood for then yeah you know i could see how some fans could walk out and be like oh it's just mindless brainless fun but i need more than that you know i'm just a person where i need more than that i just like my characters develop better i just like my story to have a little more emotional resonance And this just really didn't have that and didn't seem interested in having that. So while some of it was fun, I guess you could say, most of it for me just unfortunately wasn't. 
So I wind up kind of falling in the middle. There were some elements I liked, but the elements I disliked, I think really hurt this film and just prevented from, I, I just don't know how it's memorable other than what we see at the end. And that's pretty much my take on it. I mean, I went to a theater, some shit happened. I left. Uh, I mean, when it comes to the rocks performance in this, I, I understand what you're saying, Justin, but the thing is to me is this harkens back, harkens back to a rock of old. Whenever you look at stuff that he did kind of like walking tall or the Scorpion King, or when he was in the Mummy too, as a Scorpion King, this kind of harkens back to that rock where they're just like, yeah, be stoic, big man guy, you know? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can see some of that. So, I mean, to me, I didn't really dig any of that. I, you know, like the fifth time that Hawkman and him fight, I was the fuck, I was fucking over it. You know, I mean, when they introduce these characters that, I mean, there's some cool elements to it. Like there's some coolness to Hawkman, but. You know, the ninth time he's like, but we can't kill people. Or he just like spins and hits people with shit like that. That got tiresome real fast that you have Dr. Fate. You know, they the most intricate and interesting character in the movie and they don't explain shit with him at all. I mean, he is just an ethereal powered person that and they just ignore that you've got Adam Smasher which is I mean they didn't even go for Walmart Ant-Man with him they went straight to dollar store (laughs) Ant-Man it was the most boring thing ever and then you have Cyclone which could have been an interesting character especially with how they did the powers visually until you realize that every time she uses her powers, they go in slow motion every single time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> this movie repeats itself constantly. You know, black Adam says the same few lines, 90,000 times. I'm not a hero. I murder people. I'm not a hero. Man in black. Blah, blah. The most annoying little kid I think you could have possibly ever cast in a film ever. I mean, there were times that they had some good themes and motifs in this movie, but then they like bring them up and then go, that counts, right? And then stopped addressing it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've got, I mean, but this is the problem with the movie like this. You have the rock being it, but the problem is, is it doesn't matter. Because he is a villain to another fucking character. So I blame Sony for this because this is DC's version of Venom and Morbius. You kind of introduce him in Shazam, kind of, when they mentioned the other champion and all this other stuff before, but he was fueled by rage and blah, blah, blah. They kind of mention him. But in the end, 
why does this movie not really work? Because he's a fucking villain to a character that's not in the movie. And then on top of that, they go, we're going to triple down on this concept and introduce a villain at the end. I know this is a spoiler. I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to go that specific. That's essentially another version of him. Again. Like, fuck, man. Like, it's just the dumbest thing ever. You know, like. The funny thing is, there are times in this movie, they bring up this movie's own stupidity. And I don't feel like they did it in an effective way. Like, when you look at the Justice Society's motivations, they get called out very correctly by characters in this movie. And then it's like they, the Justice Society just stands there and goes, uh, but, um, you know, Justice Society. And everybody goes, okay. Proved me wrong, I guess. And, like, I, I mean, I don't know. I watched this movie, and as much as The Rock is pumping this movie up and hyping it and talking about it and so excited about it, and it's, you know, it's like the best first or first or opening weekend gross of a movie he's been the main character for. It's um, got one of the highest uh, audience scores of a movie he's done and all this other shit, blah, blah, blah. He looked disinterested as fuck in the movie, though. Like, there was nothing to it. Like, it was just the most monotonous, monotoned, unenergetic performance I've ever fucking seen. Which is kind of like why when they talk about him being so, like, filled with rage and all of that, I'm like, he seems rather calm and um, even soft-spoken for somebody who's supposed to be filled with rage. (laughs) Yeah, he's, he's, he's the most even keeled person ever until he makes this face. And then you're like, Oh, I guess he's raged mode now. Yeah. I I totally get that. That that's a great observation about it. Where exactly was the rage? You know what I mean? He never felt like this volatile, like ticking time bomb or this person who could just like, you know, he's just so angry with everything. He just could, he never seemed like that. Like you said, he was more stoic. He was more soft-spoken. He was like, I don't want to do that. Or, and he would say things that are rageful. Like you have to destroy your enemies and, and leave no trace of them. Yes. That might be something that a raged field person would say, but the performance wasn't rageful he was just like i mean i think that's a great example like he would say you have to destroy your enemies and don't leave a trace of them or whatever he said but that's i but that was like the tone like he said that like he was ordering meatloaf at luby's yeah (laughs) exactly like he just said it like it was so matter of fact it didn't have any emotion it did it lacked Conviction. so much like emotion and it lacked the rage that you're supposed to have but 
where in the world could he draw that from when the story doesn't really, when the story itself is disinterested in those emotions? It's disinterested. It doesn't feel like they felt that those emotions were necessary for this character and to and to develop and to see that progression and the arc of those emotions. They didn't. It, it the movie didn't seem interested in that at all. So, how could he possibly perform it? No, you're absolutely right, Justin. I mean, and that's the problem. Is like you could tell he's disinterested. The story's disinterested. I mean, everybody's disinterested in fucking telling this story. Everybody's excited for you to watch it, but nobody wanted to fucking tell it. I mean, and when it goes down to it, we finally have like a very apples to apples comparison now of former wrestlers turned actors, especially when it comes to being in comic book movies because The Rock hadn't been in one yet. Now he has. So now you look at it. You've got Dave Batista. You've got Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You've got John You Can't See Me Cena. And for The Rock being the first one of this group of wrestler-turned-actors, he has officially, no matter what, he, he got lapped. I mean, Batista's better, Cena's better. Yeah. Even in their comic book roles, even if you just take it to yeah. comic book role only, Cena and Batista are better. Agreed. Yeah. But they, but they also benefit from, they're way better written characters, man. They're just, the, the, they're, they are just are way better written characters and they are in way better written stories. Yes. It's, it's so it's hard to put it all on the rock, but yes, you are right. Of those three, this is my, definitely my least favorite performance for sure. Yeah. Of those wrestlers turned movie stars turned superheroes. Yes. This is definitely third. where, where <laughs> I disagree with you though. Justin is saying it's not the rocks fault. He got cast as Black Adam in 2008. Yes, Heather. Really? 2008. Wow. And this was something he pushed. All of this was his doing. He pushed for this. He, so yeah, maybe in that sense, yes, it is his fault, but. (laughs) You can't tell me he didn't have a say who the writer was. You know what I mean? You're right. He would have had a say of who the writer is. So actually, yes, this is his fault. The writer, director, everything. <laughs> that that yeah, ending I that mean, you're talking, talking about, about Justin? kind of like the performance that I, yeah. but you're right. I mean, he put, all of this was his doing. So. Wow. Yeah, it is his fault. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what extra sucks about it. it it's his fault. <laughs> You know, like, it's just, I mean, and and what you were talking about, Justin, is this is supposed to be the new launching point for the DCEU. They are framing this to where he is essentially, this movie is launching the next era. This is the new cornerstone for like the next 10 years of DC movies. 
God, that sounds terrible. But I do have good news. It was announced today, I believe. Um, the uh, Warner Brothers announced co-CEOs of DC Studios. I don't remember one of the guys, but the other guy is James Gunn. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> maybe, maybe just if anybody is going to fix this bullshit, the rock has now put the DC EU in. <laughs> it's him. It's James motherfucking gun. Yeah. He fixed suicide squad. I didn't think that was possible. He fixed suicide yep. squad. And yep. if I'm going to think anything, I'm not going to lie. This is the next suicide squad. The like the original suicide squad. This is the yeah. second coming of that movie. So maybe we will get a James Gunnified black Adam movie later. Uh, okay. Peter Safran is the other guy. Sure. I don't know who the fuck that is. I don't either, but I'm sure he's done FYI. shit, I guess. I don't know. I mean, that guy doesn't matter to me because you got James Gunn. That's, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. You know? So and that it, is exciting yeah. because you know he can do quality storytelling. So you would think the storytelling would improve because to me, this is like just the most basic of superhero storytelling. This is just the bare bones, basic, just follow the formula b- b- almost to a T, like Telling a superhero story. This if is anybody early two thousand superhero storytelling. Yeah, this, this is, is Ghost like Rider. you know how sometimes you know how sometimes like you have a back at school you had a workbook and like you know the, the, each year they update the book and it's like this felt like then this feel like when you've got to use that the, when you forget your book and the teacher goes. Just get this one off the shelf. It's pretty much the same thing. And it's like six years old and it's not the same. And the pictures aren't as detailed. And you're like, uh, where are we reading from again? My, what mine says is completely different. That's what this felt like. It just felt like such an old formula. Like, well, I mean, and that, that's exactly what it was. Because this story is no different than Ghost Riders to me. Yeah. Like the way they're telling the story, it's no different than that. It's no different than Ang Lee's The Hulk. It's no different than Daredevil, as much as I hate saying that. It's it's no different than these fucking early 2000 superhero films. Yeah. It's just the same shit. And I'm like, you cannot do that anymore. You can't. We have gotten... Too many good superhero films. And what pissed yeah. me off is that they 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 almost tried to at times. Like, like I said, they mentioned some really cool themes and some really cool ideas. And then 30 seconds later, fucking forgot it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know. I I also feel like the guys that wrote this, were they just watching Terminator 2 the whole fucking time they were writing this? You have the stoic motherfucker that's from a different time era or whatever, like out of place guy, that's 
just becoming best friends with the kid in 30 seconds for no fucking reason. And then just the, the kid teaching him catchphrases and he butchers it, but then gets it right. Like, and teaches him how to feel or whatever. Like, fuck off. Like, cause you didn't even do a good Terminator 2, like, you know, homage. You just did the basic ones. Yeah. Like, I just, it, it, this movie has potential. There is potential on this screen. It's just every time you thought they might utilize some of it, they would like just punch you in the face and go, gotcha. No realization of potential here, motherfuckers. Yeah. And I don't know why. It just felt too easy. It just felt like the easy thing to do. Just. Yet not no easy to watch. To, yeah. It's a conundrum. Yeah. They, they, it was just like they said, well, what is the easiest thing we can do? Mention things, but not develop them. Have characters in it, but not develop them. You know, it was just, it really was. It was just the bare bones superhero storytelling. And it just felt like, what is the easiest way to get from point A to point B? And that was the path we took here, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately. Well, and like at times, I think that like, this is this was like in the workbook, like you were talking, Jess, and it's like a page. And it's like, hey, point A is like way up here. And then like point B is down here. And they're like, all right, draw a line from point A to B. And it's like they started drawing the line and got halfway across the piece of paper and went, man, fuck drawing this line. And then just folded the paper to where the line was now <laughs> touching B. Yeah. They're yep. like, fuck getting there. We're just going to move B to us. And call it a day. And call it a day. Anyway, recommendations and scores? Yeah. Yeah. Recommendations and score. All right, Justin, the jazz man, Taylor. Wow. (laughs) I haven't been called that in a while. That was a new one, I thought. We're calling back to the early 2000s. What did you not get about this? Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, good, uh, good reference. Very fitting for this. Um, Yeah, if you like comic, if your favorite comic movies are the ones from the 2000s, the early 2000s, that just we have evolved so much from since then, then yeah, I guess you'll like this. I mean... I think you tapped into something there. The the tagline of this movie should have been, if you think comic book movies peaked in 2005, this is the movie for you. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, because it just, it'll have everything you want. A MacGuffin, a fish out of water, a fight with a, of a villain that is, that is not developed, but has similar powers to the hero. I mean, it's all there for you. It's it's all there for you. You know, if you, if that's the kind of, if that is your comic book movie, cool. I think the reason why this is doing so well with audiences, and I think the reason 
Why? Is because The Rock is just so damn likable, man. You know, he might be the only movie star where despite where, where he'll sometimes, and I, it won't be every time, but here lately, I guess it kind of has been. He's, he'll be successful in spite of the film, you know, whether it's good or bad, some, the, the quality is going to be high in some and low in others. The, 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 the performances are going to vary and stuff like that, but he is such a likable person and he has such a, 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 a faithful following and he promotes the hell out of his movie. Now that's another thing too. He definitely is a lot could be learned from him in how to promote something well, because I swear I oh, disagree. I disagree slightly. He gave away a lot of this movie, though. Yeah, he that, did. That mid credit scene, he gave it away promoting the movie. Yeah. And then he made a post, you know, with said character, with said person playing the character, talking about how, oh, he's back now and all of this kind of stuff. And, we'll, of course, we're going to talk about it in spoilers, but, you know, that there was already, a, I saw a post from him about it online already. So there is that, but he definitely is king about promoting this. I mean, I saw so much Black Adam stuff before this came out. He talked about it constantly. They did this big tour and every time on social media, I saw, I, I saw leading up like that two or three weeks leading up to this. I saw so much Black Adam shit online and he, and his workout clothes. There are Black Adam workout clothes. This <laughs> son of a bitch. That, that you can order no way. and stuff like that. You know, um, it's quite comfortable, actually. Did um, you get that before you saw the movie, though? <laughs> yeah. So people are going to be like, was the movie good? And I have to go. Not really, but this uh, workout take is comfortable. Just wear <laughs> but, it inside out, Justin. But I support the rock man. You know, I like, I buy all this shit, man. So, I mean, I wouldn't get a not buy it. But, um, but like, he is king at doing that. So, and, and he knows what's really important. And that is, are people going to come and spend money on it? The, those people are the ones that matter. And as long as they say it's good, I'm okay. And that's why he can you know, proudly uh, pose, look, it has a 90% audience rating because the audience is not going to turn on him. He, he, he's, it'll be a while before he can just put out like a crappy movie and people go, well, no, this sucks. And, you know, I'm not going to buy into the rock. He, he just has that kind of connection with the audience where, like I said, successful in spite of. So I think if you like The Rock and you you follow him and you like his stuff, I mean, of course you're going to see it. You probably already saw it. You know, what, what, what did you say, Sterling? Highest opening for him ever. So yeah. you're not going to be able to tell him that this movie is, isn't good. <laughs> I would tell him. I'd look him <laughs> right in his rock eyes and go... And like take up a newspaper 
roll it up and hit him on the nose and go, no, it's bad rock. Don't do it again. <laughs> He'd give you the people's eyebrow. <laughs> he would destroy like, me afterwards, um, but I'd yeah. still do it. Still do it. You still have to tell them the truth, right? It's the principle but, of yeah, it. So I think those people will enjoy this because they just enjoy him. And they, they just enjoy him and being a part of Team Rock and Project Rock and whatever he's doing. There are people just on board with The Rock and they will say that they like this in spite of its flaws. That's just the truth. And you can point to all the evidence. You can say, man, this is a 2005 superhero movie. You saw this already in Wonder Woman. You saw this ending already in this movie. You saw this ending already in this movie. And they would just still go, I liked it because it's him. I'm just convinced. But can I recommend this movie? And I'm sorry, I feel like I'm rambling now. I'll wrap this up. Can I recommend this movie as a good comic book movie? No, I cannot. But you already said it, Sterling. This is supposed to start and sort of streamline what we're doing with the DCEU storyline. So you got to watch it. You you got to see. You, you gotta ain't got to watch what happens. shit. <laughs> it, it, you, that's true. You don't have to. That is true. You do not. It is your choice. But if you are somebody that wants to follow all this and see where it goes, you, how are you not going to watch the launching point? Man, so, watch the damn trailer. There is that. Just watch the so trailer. So there is that. <laughs> Just watch the trailer. So it does have some appeal in that way that will keep people going to see it and watching it. But I can't recommend it as a good comic book film because if I told you this was a good comic book film, I would be lying to you. Um, and unless you're one of those Halloween kills people that like being lied to, you wouldn't like that very much. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't like me very much. Mm. So there it is. And like I said, you know, I, I do like The Rock. So maybe, um, I, and I did like some of the characters some of the concepts that you're talking about, Sterling, that have potential. When the movie was focusing on those things a little bit, I did like the film at certain points, in a in certain bubbles. But ultimately, man, it's not good, and there was so much bad. So and I'll go 50%. We'll go 50 um, rock. Why do I like you so much? Because I probably should have just given this a lower score. <laughs> <laughs> but you get 50 from me because I freaking love you out of 100. Heather, go. I mean, and I will I will give you that. Like, if there was anybody else who was playing Black Adam, I mean, I would have liked it less than I already do. Because there is just something about The Rock. You know, there's just something about him that you just like him. It doesn't matter. Like I, I totally get that. He's just the most likable was. Yeah. wasn't he voted most likable person in the world or something. It makes sense. It totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, but, but that being said, I, I can't like, if someone were to be like, Hey, should I watch this movie? I would be like, not really. Like there's, I mean, I just don't really, um, you can just kind of get the cliffs notes on it basically <laughs> to find out what happens and what you need to know for what's going to come in the future. Um, that's really kind of all you need. Like, it's just not, 
I don't think that it the story unfolds in a very not necessarily cohesive. It is cohesive, but it just wasn't as interesting the way they wanted to tell aspects of the story. They should have done it just a little bit differently, made it a little bit more interesting to draw you into the backstory of Black Adam or anything or the, the backstory of any of these characters, you know. Um, and I mean, I'll just, I'll just say it now. Sarah um, Shahi, who plays the mom, she's the only character I feel like actually felt like a real person. Um, and I think she was actually really good in her role. I think she had the best lines. I think she had the best motives. Um, I think she did the best job in her performance in this movie. And she's not even a superhero in the movie. So I, I'm just going to say that like, she's the only one when she was on screen that I was like really paying attention to what she was going to say or do. Cause she's the only one that really felt like a real person in this movie. Um, that being said though, I don't know. I feel like, and you guys are right. Like they touch on some things that are interesting, but then they don't follow through. Like, Case in point, even, you know, things that the mom was saying, like why she felt the way she did about Black Adam or why she felt the way she did about um, the other groups of superheroes made sense to me. But then they sort of immediately drop it and don't do much else with that other than her just stating why she feels that way. And then it's kind of just one and done sort of thing. Um, I do. I mean, it does have a lot of action. So. Yeah, if you're if you're willing to look past the dialogue problems and the story problems in general and you just want to see a lot of action, you might like this because there is a lot of that. Um, but no, it's just it's really not it's not going to be memorable, even with the rock in it. <laughs> like, it's just not going to be a memorable movie, I don't think, um, in any sort of way. Um, and I saw a, <laughs> this interview that someone was doing with people who had just watched the uh, the movie. And he was like, hey, so what do you think? Like, you just saw Black Adam, right? What do you think of it? And this one girl was like, it was a movie that happened. And like, they just said, well, what's your what was your favorite and least favorite thing about it? And she was like, uh, the fact that the dialogue was what it was and it got passed through several different processes of people to get like the green light to have that dialogue in this movie. She's like, that's like my favorite and least favorite thing about this movie because the audacity of it. But you know, it was so funny. And I was like, yeah, I think that's accurate because what in the world was this script really though? <laughs> it was so ridiculous. Um, so yeah, all that to say, no, I don't really recommend this movie. I'm going to give it um uh 40 um fights in the room smashing up all of the DC posters out of 100. I think that girl listens to this podcast because I've said very much similar things to that constantly. So I think <laughs> she stole that from me. It's possible. I mean, fuck no, I don't recommend this movie. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit if it's The Rock. If you're the biggest DC fanboy, I don't care if your dad is the man that created the Black Adam comic or character. You don't fucking watch this movie. <laughs> 
it's bad. It is so bad. It is just so bad. I mean, no, just fuck all of it. Oh, no, Justin. I'll, I'll, I will give it 50% of your score, Justin. So I will give this a 25. <laughs> I mean, 25, you know, some shit happens on the screen that's technically from a comic book, I suppose, out of 100. Uh, so that officially, if I did my mathematics correct, the official Cinescore for this movie is a 38. So... Nice. <laughs> nice. You say nice. <laughs> it got a 38. And you're like, nice. Sorry, Rob. Sorry, man. Jasmine, if you were real. More points, man. If you were real, you should have not given it anything higher than Heather's score. And you know it. In your heart of hearts. I get it. You have a rock bias. But. I do. I do. Man. Just, it's not good. Anyway, yes. Uh, spoilers? Yes. Yeah. Spoilers! Okay, Henry Cavill's back as Superman. There, we did it. Like. <laughs> He's so excited thing. about it. Well, I mean, I am about that. I actually don't think Henry Cavill's a bad Superman. I actually really like Henry Cavill. And I think if you give him a better script, he can be an amazing Superman. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I am excited about is you've got James Gunn that's going to help, you know, yeah. direct, not me. He might not direct the movie. He might not write the movie, but he'll be a producer and he'll help guide that. So we might get like, we might get the potential that everybody sees in the Henry Cavill Superman character. And we might actually get it realized. And I'm excited that he's back, you know. So that's a plus. I mean, I don't know what fucking DCEU he's coming back into. But, you know, he's back. Yeah, that was the one exciting, I guess you could say, I guess it's debatable on how game-changing it is. I guess we'll have to see. The see, James Gunn announcement's a little more game changing, if you yeah, ask me. But that's uh, a game changer because yeah. the reason why I would argue this is not a game changer is because he's coming back. I mean, and it's not like he left because he was like tired of it or whatever. They were just like, "Nope, we don't want to make more movies with your uh, Superman." He didn't want to leave. They didn't yeah. want him back. You know. Yeah. So that's why I argue it's not a game changer. It's not like Hugh Jackman coming back as Wolverine for Deadpool 3. You know, like where you had just been like, you know what? I'm done. I'm never coming back. And then somebody goes, well, what about now? And you go, okay, I'll come back. He's just like, hey, I'll come back. Ask me to come back. Right. Yeah. He always said that. And then apparently The Rock is the first person to go up to him and go, hey, Henry, you want to come back? And he's like, thank you. I mean, and like with, I mean, a James Gunn, Henry Cavill situation would be probably awesome. Yeah. yeah. And you The know, Rock was really instrumental in that process of trying to 
fight to get him back and this that, and the other and this whole plan of fighting to get this movie and stuff. So to a lot of the fans' minds, you know, they're going to look at this and go, well, what we could get from this is 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 almost well really not even at this point almost is better than this movie that we got like so hopefully this winds up being like the the for lack of a better term shit we have to eat in order to get to like the good stuff that could be on the horizon you know maybe maybe this is the Hulk, you know, maybe this is our Hulk movie before we get to the the, the Avenger movies. You know, maybe this is our uh, like, you know, what's a good comparison to this? Like, like maybe this is like our Batman <laughs> forever before we got to the Nolan stuff. You know, hopefully this is like just. This this was really just the start of something. And so we'll look back at this and go, well, it wasn't great, but hey, at least we got this stuff now because of it. At least I hope that's what winds up happening. And that's that's fair, Justin. I mean, the thing is, though. Like, I get what you're saying there, but like does give kudos to The Rock for making you know, impossible for Henry Cavill to come back because I don't know. Like one thing that's universally been said, even with Batman versus Superman being shitty, even with justice league being shitty with, even with man of steel being mediocre at best, nobody hated Henry Cavill as Superman at no point was anybody like, man, you need to recast the fuck out this Superman. No one was mad at that. We all have seen the potential. We know it's there. We want it realized. And we never felt like Henry Cavill is what was holding you back. You know, and you see him in Mission Impossible. You see him in A Man Called Uncle. You see him in the Witcher series. You see him in Enola Holmes. You see him just in interviews. You know it's there. Like, you see him in interviews talking about painting his little Warhammer figures and building computers and that he, I I hate how everybody loves to say that, Oh, he almost missed out on Superman because he was playing. Wow. No, he didn't. He just almost missed the phone call telling him. It wasn't that if he didn't answer that phone call, he wasn't going to get the role. Zack Snyder (laughs) was just calling him to tell him he got it. So no, that would be a terrible rule in Hollywood. Yeah. Like it, it wasn't like, you know, he was, like I said, Oh, now he didn't get the call. Guess we're going down to the next guy. No, that's not how it was going to happen. Zack Snyder was going to leave a voicemail saying, hey, Henry, congratulations, you're Superman. And his agent would, you know what I mean? Like, he wouldn't, it wouldn't have changed shit. But, you know, but everybody sees that. Like, you, like, that's kind of qualities you want in Superman. You know, like, you want that wholesomeness. You want... But you want intensity, but you want wholesomeness. You want sincerity. You want these things. And Henry Cavill has all that. And it also doesn't hurt that he looks like he was chiseled out of marble. Yep. 
And he's a geek. Yeah. He's a fan of this stuff. He likes this stuff. Yeah. And you you can't tell me that they couldn't make that into a successful Clark Kent. Right. Yeah. The amount of nerdiness that is in that man, you can't make a lovable Clark Kent out of it. Right. This guy just doing interviews is Clark Kent and just nobody can write a script of that. You don't even have to write the script. Put him in some glasses and go, hey, Henry, go act like yourself. Just use an American accent. Exactly. Clark Kent solved. Like, we all know it's there. So, you know what? I, I, you are absolutely right, Justin. We'll give The Rock credit for that. He got DC to look at one of their dumbest decisions, and hopefully they'll fix it. And maybe we will get some really great shit out of it. You know, I mean, if they end up doing a Black Adam versus Superman movie, it'll, and you've got James Gunn producing it because he's co CEO, we might get what fucking Batman versus Superman should have been. Yeah. Very well could. You know, I mean, we might finally get the DC might actually finally live up to its potential because of this. In some weird, terrible way. Like, why the fuck did we have to sit through this for this to happen? I know. And then it'll give this movie sort of a... It'll give it a relevance and sort of an importance that it probably doesn't deserve to have, but it will have. And that's crazy to think about. Like they'll that say, could totally happen. Because they'll go, <laughs> remember back in the day when the DCEU was in shambles because they couldn't release Aquaman, they couldn't release Flash, they had just scrapped Batgirl. You know, like, that's the state of the DCEU right now. And yet, this might be the movie that saves it. As dumb and terrible as this is, this mm-hmm. might, it might end up being the turning point. And it's just so weird. It's like you had to get to the lowest of lows before you could start ascending back up. But, you know, maybe we'll get there. I don't know. We'll get into more spoilers in a second. But Jason has alluded to us off podcast that he has a special movie theater story all of the type of shit I end up having to bring up. And I'm just curious to know what it is. And there's no better time than yeah. right now, Justin. Then we'll go back into this. Yes. And I'm glad that you reminded me because I almost totally forgot. And I would have felt so bad if I had got off the podcast and forgot to tell the story. Okay. So normally I like to get to the movie theater a little early just because, you know, to avoid bullshit. Because sometimes, man, when you're coming in late or, you know, people in your seat, this and the other. And even though these are reserved seats, you buy your seat. You know, when it's a crowded theater, sometimes there's just extra bullshit. Sometimes there's just extra stuff. Sometimes the popcorn lines are long and you're trying to, you know, and you don't want to miss the preview. So you're trying to get through the line, this and the other. I just find that it's more problematic when... It's a busier time. And I went on a Tuesday and the theater was still pretty much full. So 
uh, yeah, people are watching this. So, I mean, but, but anyway, I try to get there early. That unfortunately did not happen. I got stuck in traffic. It was like after five o'clock traffic or whatever. So, and there's construction all over Midland right now. And you know how it is with construction. You just can't, you know, there's only a few paths. You can't get anywhere. So I got there like five minutes before the movie started, which I hate doing. And sure enough, now, Justin, you know, I get real quick, yeah, go just ahead. to paint the scene. Now, when you say five minutes before the movie starts, are you talking about showtime or like five minutes, like trailers been running film, like black Adam is about to start. Oh yeah, you're right. I should clarify. No, just showtime. So the previews hadn't started yet. This was five minutes before the preview. So, and even though I was running behind, I was, I was behind for me. I was like, well, you know what? It's cool. I'm still here before the movie starts. So everything's okay. So now the seat that I selected was on the, um, the last row of like the stadium ish seating. So it was the final row. And then you have like the bottom, bottom, bottom seats or whatever. So that's where I was. And I had selected a seat and, and, and I saw whenever I went to buy the tickets, all the other um, seats on the aisle were taken except this last one that was like on the corner. So I was like, okay, cool. It'll be fine. I'll sit there and I'll have all this space like to the left of me. It'll be great. You know, if I have a jacket, I can sit it there, whatever, whatever, you know, I'll have plenty of room on this side. So I like, you know, I like, even though I'm in there sitting by people, I just like room. So I get in the theater and, you know, I've got my popcorn. I got my drink ready. I'm like, yeah, let's do this Black Adam. Let's do this rock shit. I get in there. I walk up to where I'm supposed to be sitting. And there is already a woman there. And an entire family is sitting next to her. And that open space that I was talking about, she's got this big baby stroller carriage right there, sitting right there in my spot, right? So I walk up and, you know, it's always awkward when you got to do this and tell somebody, you know, you're in my seat or whatever. And I'm like, hey, I'm number C10 or whatever it was. And so she's like, no, I'm pretty sure I'm the, (laughs) I'm in this seat. And I went, check your ticket, ma'am. I'm pretty sure you're not. And so like she, you know, does the flashlight with her phone. She looks at it and then she goes seven, eight, nine. Oh, I'm sorry. I did move one down. And I'm like, okay. So she starts like grabbing her stuff or whatever, like she's going to move. So I'm standing there. The previews have started. So this is hella awkward. You know, it's dark and you know, I'm sitting here trying to wait for this woman to move. And so she's picking up all this stuff. And in the middle of picking it up, she puts it down and she was like, look, can I please reason with you? Like, can I stay here? Because if I don't, like I've got this baby stroller and if I sit in this seat, there's not going to be anywhere for the stroller, blah, 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 blah. It's going to have to be in front of me and blah, blah, blah. It would just be so much more convenient for me if you just let me sit here and you could just sit next to one of my sons or whatever, you know, please, you know, I'm just, I'm, it's your seat, but you know, I'm begging you at this point. So I'm like, 
Oh, you know, so you know me. I'm a nice guy, you know, whatever. Like, the time it would have taken to try to tell this lady, I was just like, forget it. Okay, I'll sit there. What seat am I sitting in? So she shows me, you know, I'm sitting next to her son. And, you know, for the most part, it's okay. You know, the whole movie goes, we get to the end of this movie. And this son has this pizza, right? Like he's got this, um, they ordered him an entire pizza and for, for his little self and, you know, <laughs> he could, he was not going to eat that entire pizza. So he eats like two or three slices, right? So this whole pizza is like sitting on his uh, tray and everything that's right there for you right there. So the movie gets to the end. And we're, you know, and I'm sitting here waiting for the after credit scene and everything like that, or the, I guess in this case, the mid credit scene. So I'm sitting there and the way that I'm positioned is my, my seat was all, was folded all the way out. And so I'm kind of up on the seat and I'm like, and I've got my knees bent. So I'm kind of in a curl position on the seat. Sometimes I do that. It's comfortable sometimes. So my, so my legs weren't all the way out. Thank goodness. Cause this kid, so like the, the family's packing up to leave and everything, you know, they don't, I I guess they're not those kind of comic fans or whatever. They don't know to stay for the mid credit scene. So she's telling everybody to go and she's like, hurry up, hurry up. We're getting out of here or whatever. So her, the husband and the, the, the two kids start packing up to leave. And this kid, like as he's getting up to go, knocks over that entire pizza and that pizza freaking falls directly on my extended seat. Like it would have been in my lap. If I hadn't been like curled up seated the way I was, that pizza would have just been in my damn lap or on my legs or whatever, because of the way the seat was extended. But so at least I didn't get hit with it, but, but it did, but what didn't help matters was they walk off and they leave. Right. And the mom sees this happen. And I'm looking at her like, are you going to even say anything to the kid for just knocking over this pizza into me? She was standing right there when it happened. And of course, she just kind of looks away and just walks away in silence as if she didn't see it happen. And I was like, man, after I gave you that I seat. I gave you my seat. Yeah. After I gave you that seat. And now there's cheese and meatballs and stuff like that on my extended seat so you know i can't press it in and bring my legs down because there's like shit all over it so i have to like you know do a dip pull up and pull myself up on the seat and then like sort of like hop over like where i was like i had to hop over all of it and like land on my feet to get out of the seat like it was just You know, it was like, okay, I give you my seat. And then to add insult to injury, your son, who I sat by because of you, spilled pizza all over my damn seat. And I'm sitting there. I jumped over it all or whatever. And I'm sitting there looking at it like, damn, man. And I just couldn't help but laugh because I thought about you, Sterling. And I was like, this kind of stuff is supposed to happen to you. (laughs) This is supposed to happen to you. Kids are supposed to be spilling pizza on you. Why did this happen to me? And it kind of got a laugh out of me, even though it was annoying as hell. See, do you know why it happened to you, Justin? Because you gave up the seat you purchased. 
You're right. You <laughs> totally would have been like, get up. Yeah. <laughs> you would have been like, no, nah, your ass seat. is getting up. That's my seat. Yeah. <laughs> you would have you totally, <laughs> I know, and that's so true. You, Your ass would not have given in to the motherly please. You would have went, uh, no, nah, you got to get up. It's my seat. <laughs> Do I need to call the attendant? <laughs> and the reason why I feel justified in that is because more often than not, I'm the first person to buy seats in my theater. I get yeah. that. Unless, yeah. unless it's movies where they're like, oh, pre-orders have been going on for like the last six months or whatever. You know, like th- those types of movies. But more often than not, just normal movies, I'm the first person to buy it because I buy on Wednesdays. When is, that's the 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 last day that theaters have showtimes. Like they, they have their set schedules by Wednesdays. At least AMCs do. So Wednesdays, I buy my tickets and that's, and I'm, like I said, I'm typically the first. So when somebody comes in and they're like in my seat and they're like, well, you could you like, you can go sit. I'm like, no, I bought that seat. I have like shopped showtimes before. If my seat's taken the one I want, I've changed times. You know what I mean? Like I'm very, I'm that picky about my seat. So I'm like, no. That is my seat. Yeah. <laughs> Your ass would have straight up been like, no, you moving. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then you wouldn't have had pizza <laughs> on your seat. That's why you that's what I'm saying. Wow. Is, that's what you get for being nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I get. That's what I get. But I mean, yeah, anyway. I have to deal with kids and I have to deal with all the noise and all that other bullshit. But know what I've never had to deal with? Somebody taking my seat. Being nice and letting them have it and almost getting pizza. Never had that. <laughs> yeah. And it was funny because it was almost like, that's just, of course, this would happen. Like, just, of course, life would just be funny like that. Because the whole movie, the kids weren't acting up. Like, they were reasonably quiet, didn't hear a peep out of them. They, 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 they paid attention to the movie. They were fine. You know, didn't not didn't hear them or nothing was annoying about the family or anything like that. And we got all the way to the damn end, Sterling. All I had was the mid credit scene. All I had was Henry Cavill and then <laughs> pizza. <laughs> How old was this kid is my question. I mean, he looked about four or five. You know? Okay, so super young. Okay. Yeah, super young, maybe like I was thinking six, like preteen for some reason. I don't know why I was thinking that. No, if he was a if he was teen or preteen, I he should have he should have at least been like, oh, I'm sorry, sir, or anything like that. That kid spilled that pizza, knew he did it, and kept walking. And then the mom kept walking, and did, I was like, I see where he gets it from. Did the <laughs> did the little kid do the little kid thing of knock the pizza over, looked at it, looked at you? Looked back yep. at the pizza and walked away. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Almost as if on script. Looked down, saw that it was all in my seat, looked at me, and then just kept walking, man. <laughs> yep, a typical little kid bullshit. <laughs> and at least that's a little kid. He doesn't know any better. I looked up at the mom like, and then she just walked, <laughs> and, she, and, and, and she, you know, it was one of those things where we made eye contact, but she looked away, kind of cut her eyes away, and she just kept on walking. 
So she did the same thing her kid did, basically. <laughs> yes. Yes. See, that's the thing, though, Justin, is that little kid knew he did wrong. He knew better. Because he knows if he did that at home, it wouldn't mm-hmm. have flown. Yep. Man. I mean, I want to say, though, I mean, can we all agree, though, that Justin's story here was a better story than Black Adam movie was. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for for that. that Pretty much. I mean, the, the adventure. <laughs> I mean, you should have saw that hop, Heather. You should have saw that hop from that extended seat to... It's like an action sequence, right? <laughs> yeah, it was damn near an action sequence. Because I had to like... Because if I had put my... Like I said, if I had put my legs down or whatever, it, it would have just been cheese and meatballs. And grease and everything else. So I had to like jump out of that seat. And I and think the, <laughs> and attendants came in cleaning up and I like jumped or whatever. And I bet anything those attendants that started cleaning up the theater were like, what the hell is he doing? Is he one of those oh, no. stupid people that thinks he's a superhero? No, I was avoiding bullshit. <laughs> and then <laughs> I had on top of that, they probably thought you were the reason for the pizza. I know, yep. right? Yeah. That's the whole thing. And then when they got over there and saw it all, they were probably like, man, look at this, you know, this wasteful ass. Dude, it was like, <laughs> I swear, it was an eight-piece pizza. Six of those pieces were on the floor. Why was a five-year-old eating all of that pizza? They just ordered the whole thing. Because you know how you, you order it and it's the whole damn thing. They, I don't know why they ordered it the whole thing for him. At first, I thought it was for him and his brother. But his brother had nachos or some shit. So you guys before now have never like traded seats with somebody that asked you? No. <laughs> I mean, Sterling, that doesn't surprise me. No. <laughs> I want to say it might have happened one other time, and I can't remember what the circumstance was. But. Yeah. Oh, I know. I remember. I was in there by myself. The family had to order. And so, I, you know me, I like that middle seat. So I guess when they, and it was a full theater, it was one of those, it was a busy theater. And I guess the family had to order the two seats to the side of me and then two seats on the other side of me. So they did ask, could I sit there so they could sit together? It was something like that. It, it was something like that. That noise. I know. I know this fuck. <laughs> fuck See, it. I wouldn't have done it. I mean, Just fuck it. I think the the only the only time I remember doing it is it, they it wasn't even something they asked me to do, but like it was during Toy Story four when it came out, which is obviously like tons and tons of kids, and yeah. this kid and his dad were at the movie together, and I think they were hoping that you know whoever got that seat, like the, the, the seat next to the kid wasn't going to show up. And so basically the dad had my seat. And then when I came, he was like, okay, cool. You know, and he was like telling his son, who's probably like five. He's like, I'm going to be up there, maybe seven. He's like, I'm going to be back there, you know, if you need me or whatever. And he had to go like four rows back from his son to like watch this movie. And I'm like, that's actually really sad. Like, I felt really bad about that. So I was like, dude, go sit with your son. Like, I don't want to sit next to him anyway, but like, (laughs) I'm like, go sit with your (laughs) son. Like, I am like in that circumstance, 
I mean, and it was technically my same seat I would be in just like four rows back and that's fine. So that's mm. the only time I really ever did it because I was like, your, your poor son's probably like, I want to watch this movie with my dad. And he just didn't have an available seat next to him. Like that would just suck to be like, Hey dad, four rows back. Hope you're enjoying this movie. Like <laughs> just was weird. So that's <laughs> See, the only time I ever did it. That's when you buy a different showtime. Like what, what the fuck are these people doing? I mean, it was opening weekend <laughs> and they're children. So I don't give I don't a know. shit. Go to a different movie time. Like, <laughs> These fucking people, like, what? oh, let's hope this person in the middle of the seats we bought is going to be nice. Fuck all that. Go to a different showtime. But you know what? I respect it because he had this attitude of, like, I'll sit here and hope they don't show up. But if they do, I'm going to just go to my seat. Like, he didn't fight it. He didn't even ask me if he could have that seat. He was just like, okay, this is your seat. Okay, I'll go to mine now. Like, and I think that that helped the fact that. He he wasn't pushing the matter like he wasn't trying to switch seats. You know what I mean? Like, I think that kind of helped that he was like, I'm going to respect what is supposed to happen. I was just hoping that you wouldn't show up kind of thing. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. see that woman with me. I wonder if that was kind of planned. I think it was kind of like I got this baby. I'm oh, yeah. With her saying here. like, uh, no, this is definitely mine. And didn't think you would like fight her on it. I feel like that was on purpose. Yeah, it felt on per if, if especially after everything, it felt like it was on purpose. Like that whole show of acting like she was gathering her stuff, I don't think she really planned to get up. I think the plan the whole time was if somebody comes, I'll just Right. Have yeah. them sit over there. See, it's cause she got a nice person face. Who, Jason? Yeah, they don't do that to me. Yeah. <laughs> If I walk yeah. up and I have my normal face of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> especially if I'm sitting there, if I'm sitting already and they want to <laughs> do the whole thing of like, oh, hey, can you like swap a seat so we can all sit together? They don't even fucking ask me. They see me with my normal grimace. And don't fucking bother. Because I Man. don't look like the type of person that would do it, which is a good thing because I'm not. Yep, because you're not. I definitely do. You need to do. teach me that grimace, man. You need to teach me that grimace somewhere. Just the same. Ask, and I look at them. They're just like, oh, shit. Well, uh, that's put, weirdly, on your, put on your on uh, wrestler face when you're, yeah, when you're like, in competition. Yeah, like, and the thing is, is that's just like, like, and it can be a movie I'm happy to see, but I'm typically by myself and I'm in my little corner seat and I'm just doing this. Get ready to watch my movie. Excited as fuck. RBF. No, fuck Just give me. him that look like, why are you disturbing me? I'm here to watch a movie. I paid for this movie. Why are you disturbing me right now? Yeah. I mean. I need that face. Every theater should just block off that seat for me. It's the Sterling seat. You know, I just. You just gotta do that. Just kind of squint your eyes a little bit and stare up a little, like that. And they don't fuck with you. Yeah, I feel like they're not gonna take me seriously with that. Yeah, you're kind of doing a weird duck face. What are you doing with your lips, girl? <laughs> you look like an angry little kid. Like, mm. yeah, he wants to mess with that. I mess with you. Don't gotta do anything kid. with your lips. It's it's all nice. 
Yeah, just do my normal face. I just look like I can't see. <laughs> I'm just like That's my life. I don't ever really look like I can see. <laughs> Anyways, sorry for the tangent. No, no, it's fine. It's I mean, it's practically the same as this movie. I mean, <laughs> Justin had to do some acrobatic shit and there was an annoying ass little kid. It's the same as this movie. You are <laughs> absolutely right and a I'll better story. A better Excellent story. Tie-in. Yeah. Excellent tie-in. Oh, yeah, you, dude, for, as soon uh, as you started bringing up the kid thing, I was like, oh, great. We got a segue back. <laughs> <laughs> shitty kid and shitty kid in real life, shitty kid in the movie. Oh, was that not also the most anticlimactic thing at the end of this movie? Whenever he's like, conduct, we have to fight for our freedom. But he said it in like the lowest tone ever. He's just like, yes. hey, guys. Yeah. Let's go fight for our freedom. Yep. Like, how is there like, not somebody in the back going, I can't hear you? <laughs> right. Even the person in the front, like, it was so, yeah. And honestly, same thing happened when um, Black Adam was in the sky and he was talking to the guy and he's he's just, like, having a conversation with him in a normal voice over the storm happening in the sky around them. I mean, the argument <laughs> there, the argument there is superhuman hearing, even if they don't establish um, the power. I get it, though. This movie weirdly did that several times where they were like, people perfectly knew what was going on in the distance. Right. Like at the beginning of the movie, when that kid does the DDP, he's like about to do a self high five. He's just sitting there like this. I was like, he's doing the Diamond Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. And he's sitting there. He's like nine miles away from everybody and everybody just starts doing it. And you're like, how the fuck do you see what he's doing? Right. Yeah. I barely saw that there was a kid up there. Whenever when they showed that angle from the ground and all the like the 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 people doing that, like I'm like staring at the screen going, Where the fuck is the kid? I can't even <laughs> see him. You know? This movie was weirdly obsessed with children being like inspirational in yeah. a very weird way. They they gave away the twist. In the trailers also. Whenever Black Adam's like, my son died so I could be free. And then on top of that, you had The Rock's voice as the dad at no point. Did you think that the kid was Black Adam? Even though they're like, oh, the kid became the champion. You never thought that that was Black Adam. Yeah. You know, like you never thought that. But this movie loved acting like that was a twist. And I'm like, oh, the thing that's in the trailer where you hear the specific line of dialogue, my son died so I could be free. Yeah. And they, and yeah, they totally ruined that reveal in the trailers. You you, you just saw it coming a mile away. They ruined it in the movie too by showing a bald guy talking like the rock even though it's from behind because they really thought these was secret <laughs> and at no point was anyone surprised by it it is literally just the worst twist of twists because it just wasn't one and like i said the movie still acted like it was and i'm like that was pointless yeah and they had a better one when with the whole reveal of no, he didn't go there to liberate the people and everything. 
his son died, so he just walked in all strapped up on the Shazam and just murked everybody and just got That's not a twist, though, Justin, because they told us that in Shazam. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. They did. They said that he, yeah, the champion didn't fulfill. Yeah. So if you remember that, you'd know that, that somehow we had to get to that. Yeah. That's the problem is there was no twists in this movie, even oh, though this true, this movie kept going. Oh, it's, it's a twist a coming. And there's no other person that that could have been. Huh? No, no, no. That there's was only Black, Black Adam. Adam and there's only Shazam and then the Shazamers or whatever they are. Yeah, no, I, that is the story. That is Black Adam. That's what okay. they were alluding to. They, because like I said, the rock's been cast since 2008. As Black Adam. They were alluding to uh, Black Adam. Because they knew this movie was coming. You know, that was the whole point in, in the Shazam movie. Was to allude to Black Adam with that. You know, so none of that was fulfilling. Um, The whole sequence, whenever he goes to jail, is just dumb. It's, and he's escaping and he's underwater and just floating. And then Shazam. And then like, that's dumb. <laughs> Once again, going back to something I talked about in the fuck was that Tom Holland movie with Mark Wahlberg? Uncharted. Yeah, that one. Why the, can, can we stop doing caves with fucking gigantic assholes above them? Can we stop it? Can we with the treasure right there? The treasure is out in the open. Can yeah. we stop? And why would the hieroglyphs say we hid the ultimate crown here? If it's supposed to be hidden, why would you write? Uh, why would you inscribe that you hid it here? You know what, Justin? I didn't even <laughs> really realize that that's what was fucking happening in that scene. Yep. But you're absolutely right. <laughs> Because that, 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 I didn't even that I mean, I was just sitting there going, it says that they hid it here? You are right, Justin. <laughs> that, that, that's like the equivalent of just writing on a wall, hey, this thing that I don't want you to find, but you're looking for, it's here somewhere. I right. hope you don't find it. Yeah, like. And also. What? Like, they say that the wizards hide that crown. Right. So the wizards, the Shazam wizards hide the crown. Why do they hide it like a mile away from the shit that started it? Why don't you put it somewhere else in the world? Why don't you keep it in your cave that people can't get to? Why don't you put it anywhere else? Yeah. And you're like, oh, good point. You know, Black Adam, Teth Adam at that time. You're not the chosen one. You know, we're punishing you and everything, and we're going to put you in this prison. But all somebody has to do is just say Shazam near it, and I'll, he's free? I'll give him this, Justin. Not too many people running around saying Shazam. In the DC universe, there's True, only seven but, other motherfuckers that even know that's a word. So True, but at any given time, though. But, but I mean, hell, she translated it and read it and said it. So 
I mean, no, none of these infinite wisdom wizards thought that that could be a possibility. Like, no, no, you, no, you, you are right though. That is one of the big fallacies of of the Shazam comics. But that's also something that the Shazam wizard can change. Hmm. So there is a really cool Black Adam story arc. This little mini series that they did with the Black Adam, where Black Adam's on some bullshit. But Shazam is the wizard. Like, he's the full Shazam wizard now. And so he changes, because that's something that the Shazam wizard has the ability to do, changes the word. So Teth Adam Mm -hmm. doesn't know how to turn back into Black Adam because he doesn't know his word. Hmm. And so he's just kind of lost without powers, and he's kind of, like, learning to, like, kind of, like, be himself but he's still fueled by vengeance and revenge because that's a big thing with Black Adam so it's like this really kind of cool story and he goes to this malt shop and he just sits there and goes can I get a chocolate cream egg and then bam he turns back into Black Adam and he goes really Billy because (laughs) he's the Shazam wizard but it's still a 10 year old like Billy Batson but it's also one of those things it's almost the perfect word for somebody like Teth Adam, because you never expect him to order a chocolate cream egg, you know, or a chocolate egg cream or whatever the fuck that drink is. You know what I mean? So it was one of those things. It was like a pure like circumstance, but it was kind of a really kind of cool thing. But it's also what makes the dynamic between Shazam and Black Adam so interesting. They're practically the same power set. They're practically so similar in so many ways. But you've got this revenge-fueled monster, and you've got this child who is the, has the power of the yeah. gods. So there's that dichotomy of super serious and super silly. that They have done very well in the comics. Not always, but, you know, there are times. You get a good writer that knows how to balance it and play off of it. It's actually really fun. You know? And... You get this and you needed balance. They tried to have jokes, but the jokes always seemed mistimed. It always seemed like the wrong character said them. It just never really balanced. And there was kind of just too many just dopey jokes too. Like Adam Smasher knocking over that, that thing and going and like, you know, Hawkman looks at him. We're going to have a talk. And then later they do something and he's like, looks at him. We're going to have a talk. I'm like, come on, this can't be this fucking joke again. Like, come on. Like, it's the same type of scenarios over and over again. And it, it, it it's so disappointing, too, because what we talked about, we might as well jump into this real quick. There were some really cool themes in this movie that they abandoned constantly. Like when the JSA gets there and they're like, hey, yeah, no, we're here to keep global stability. And then the mom's like, Inner gang fucking invaded us 20 years ago and you haven't done a damn thing. But, you know, Black Adam shows up. Now you got some fucking problems. Are you serious? Yeah. You, you have problems with him murdering people, but you have no problem with this criminal organization taking over our country and stealing from us and exploiting us and murdering us. But you got problems because yeah. a superhero murders some dickheads. 
that was the most interesting part of the whole story, to be honest. Yeah. And if you had been brave enough to dive more into that, even just the whole concept of what is a superhero to people, how superheroes aren't seen as the same thing to everybody because they looked at the Justice Society as these people who won't intervene and won't help us. They're just poster boys and gals over there in America or whatever that won't help anybody that really that won't help the people that really need it. And then them looking at Black Adam and going, well, I don't know him, but he handled some shit. So, yeah, like he just saved all the people in front of me. Yeah, he took action and gave me hope. So I'd rather follow him than you. You know, you had your chance to do everything. So even that dynamic was there and, and, and was interesting. And like how the people saw Black Adam versus how the society, the Justice Society saw him, all that was there. And we just didn't touch on any of those things except just surface level shit. And yeah, it's so sad. It, they, it, it got brought up just so they could say it. But they never developed it. They never utilized it. They never did it. That was such a good thing. I really thought what was going to turn around the Justice Society when they first brought that up, when they're there and they're getting booed, but Black Adam's getting cheered and that woman's like, the fuck are you saying you're heroes? He's our hero. And they're like, no, he's a bad guy. And he's like, hey, not to these people. I thought that they might actually get to a point in the story that the Justice Society changes and starts helping him because they realize what this country needs and what these people need is what Black Adam is trying to do, you know? And, you know, they like, that was what was going to change them. Not any other, th- like, the, the, doing the right thing in that instance was doing what was considered the wrong thing by their bosses, which is yeah. what they did in Suicide Squad. When you've got James Gunn behind you, you do the right thing in that story, and you tell that part of the story. Yeah. You know what happens when you don't have James Gunn, and you've got this garbage you get this, where they mm. bring it up, and you're like, fuck yeah, we're going to get that story? Fuck yeah. That's a, that, that's a very deep and awesome story yeah. that is missing from superhero movies. And yep. it fits so perfectly into them. Yeah. And, and it would have fit so perfectly into this. And it sucks because that conflict between the JSA the the people of that country and then everything going on with Black Adam, that conflict between the JSA and and um Black Adam, that's the most interesting conflict in the movie. Because yep. I'd be damned if the conflict at the end with Crown Man or whatever we're gonna call him, you know, that got the crown and became uh, hell Black Adam or whatever at the end. What was that? That villain was so damn weak. We didn't know anything. They they explained his motivation in, I think, two or three sentences. And then they're like, here's the villain for Black Adam to defeat. I mean, it was he was so terribly done. There was zero investment in the conflict there. And then the real conflict you had that was meaty and juicy, we just glanced over it. You know, and the thing with it, too, is like, 
And the reason why it's so flawed and the reason why the JSA storyline ended up just pissing me off is because they are so obsessed with the fact that Black Adam is killing people. A, it's not their fucking country. Who gives a shit? Like, you don't get, like, you get into that dichotomy of why do you get to go tell some another country what they're allowed to do and not do? But then on top of that, are you stepping into every form of killing? So if a country is at war, are you stepping into wars that are happening internationally? Are you stepping in? Are you stepping in every time countries around the world have murderers, regardless of whether or not they're super powered or not? Because that's a bullshit standard. And then on top of that, when they're like, no, we care about justice. We care about this and that. They take Black Adam and throw him in a prison for eternity in suspended animation with no trial, no anything. And they are completely okay with that. Don't sit there and call yourself the Justice Society and sit there and say it's all about justice and this and that. And you are essentially imprisoning people forever. And they had hundreds of people in that facility. There were hundreds of people in there imprisoned forever. Hell, uh, go back to your own country. Are you even going to go after the Justice League because Batman has killed hella people? Superman killed Zod with no trial and yeah. nothing like that. Wonder Woman has killed people. Like, Wonder are Woman you going the after the, the Justice League? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, like, know. that. y'all have done too much killing at this point to have this whole thing of this society, the Justice Society being like, no, killing is bad. I mean, you've you've you can't do that here. You've done too much killing at this point. Unless you somehow develop those characters and see that's what we needed. Now, if those characters were developed and there was some sort of personal reason why they didn't like killing, if we had developed Talk Man and we find out there was some sort of integral story and reason, emotional reason why he doesn't condone killing. Maybe they did, but something happened and he vowed never to do that again. Like, that's what we needed, but we didn't have that shit. We we were just like, oh, don't kill them because we're superheroes and we're not supposed to condone killing. That's cliff notes. That's the easy path. That's fold the paper to get to A to B bullshit. You know, what you needed was an emotional story so we could understand why they don't condone killing. Not just the same shit we get all the time. And honestly, get rid of Cyclone and Adam Smasher. They don't need to be in this movie. They were so pointless in this get movie. Get rid of them and develop Hawkeye and Dr. Fate more. Because they were yeah. the only two characters worth a damn. And on top yeah. of all that, Cyclone not killing people was just sheer coincidence. Because... <laughs> She was launching construction materials at Black Adam. Like, I know she didn't think it'd kill him. But the movie even shows that that almost kills the kid and the mom. Dr. Fate saves them. She almost murdered them. Yeah. But nobody had to have a talk with her? Fuck off. And Adam Smasher was just like a bumbling whatever. Like, he just seemed so pointless. And I know that he's probably supposed to be so much more than that. 
But the way that he's painted in this movie, I'm like, why is he here? Because <laughs> like, he's supposed to be the comic relief, but he wasn't nope. funny. He wasn't. He barely said anything at all. And if he it did, was, it wasn't funny. Yeah, that's it was useless. Like, get rid of those characters. Just and I like yeah. that actor. That actor is fine. And I was like, okay, cool. If he's going to be in it, but he, they didn't do anything with him. No, it was useless. And, you know, Hawkeye and Dr. Fate had the most potential and they never really realized it. Dr. Fate dying in the end was also one of the most obvious fucking things in the world because Pierce Brosnan's older. You know, if he's signing up for this movie, (laughs) he's just going, I'll do a movie. I'll get that paycheck real quick and I'll bounce. Because now if they go, hey, we want to do a Dr. Fate prequel or because he's Dr. Fate, we can bring you back for another movie if you want. That gives him the power to come back if he wants or not if he wants. Pierce Brosnan's going to do that deal. You know, what? not what's his name? Aldous? Aldous Hodge? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, come on. That guy's good. He's such a good just, actor. Why did you just like, have him screaming and constantly saying... You can't murder people. God, yeah, he fucking said. So much wasted potential. Like, at least with Dr. Fate or Pierce Brosnan, like, he still, like, was better than almost all the others. Most of the others. Well, they gave him a chance to shine. Yeah. Aldous Hodge, they didn't. And, like, that's so upsetting because he is such a good actor. Like, it's so wasted on in this movie. Do you guys remember how good he was in The Invisible Man? Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. And in um, the One Night in Miami movie. You're right. He mm-hmm. was so good in that. Yeah, he played, what's his name? Jim Brown. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. He's so good. He is really good. And it just sucks because they just had no interest in, 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 in just giving us some sort of development. And that's what those characters needed. Like even Pierce Brosnan, I do think he was the most interesting of them because Pierce just played the character well. He acted the character well. He had some good lines with some of the other characters and stuff like that. And it really sucks because I get what you're saying, Sterling, like from a behind the curtain standpoint, yes, it does make sense that he would be the character that dies because of Pierce's age and stuff like that. But man, from a story standpoint, I didn't see why anybody had to die in this. You were absolutely like, correct. No, you this were is, 100% right with that, Justin. Yeah, but like, this is this, that kind of movie where you didn't even have a strong enough villain at the end. He didn't need to kill anybody. That no, movie could have just got dusted. Right. Yeah, you, you know. You are absolutely right, Justin. The story didn't earn Dr. Fate yeah. dying, but the movie told you one of them was going to die. So yeah. you knew it was Dr. Fate. Exactly, yeah. But no, you are 100% right, Justin. This movie did not earn a Dr. Fate death. Not at all. Especially and Dr. not Fate in that bitch of a villain. Yeah. Right. I thought his ass was going to appear back from out of that mask or something. Whenever the whole thing happened with Hawkman and I saw all the images and stuff, and he was like, you know, I got this from an old friend or whatever. I thought somehow... You know, I, for a moment, I thought he might just come back because I'm like, surely they're not going to kill anybody in this. 
for this <laughs> villain that we don't know and barely met. Like he wasn't even a scary he villain. Kill somebody like he huh? wasn't even scary because like even even like when he's in his like demon form or whatever and like the voice they were doing for him when he was in that form i literally laughed i was like what is this like what are they trying to do here he was not a good villain at all why did this yeah, version and even of like his motivations like well i'm the descendant of the people that black adam destroyed and all of this stuff well I mean, but it's been, what, 5,000 years? You still mad, bro? Like, can we get some perspective <laughs> like, on it? And and the thing yeah. is with it, too, is how did this family keep the exact wording of this legend accurate enough for 5,000 years to where yeah. he knew exactly what to do? Also, right. they they imply something that is kind of a failure in this movie. When they're like the whole like life leads to death and then death leads to life aspect of it. And he had to be killed to go down into hell to get the the demon wizard's powers to come back as Red Adam. Um, Why didn't he just have a guy shoot him then? Yeah. Just get shot. Get the crown and go. All right, bro. It's time. Shoot yourself in the head. Why do you have to get electrocuted? You know? And the thing is, is because I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to imply that that was needed as a, like a, like the magic of the black Adam was needed. Like the, the Shazam magic was needed as like a part of the curse. But then that doesn't explain the guy's reasoning at the beginning of the movie. When he was just trying to get the crown so he could become that. There wasn't a champion until after the crown was made. You know what I mean? There was no. True. So that that part of it falls through. It's a bad plan. Because why? They didn't actually fully execute anything in this movie. They just kind of threw some shit down because they wanted to have the rock doing some like, you know, beating people up shit. Too much of this movie was also spent him either fighting Hawkman or fighting normal ass people. He fought so many normal ass people. (laughs) Yeah. And that is a boring movie. Like when you see it, it, it reminded me so much of Venom, the first Venom movie. When they're like, oh man, look at this cool action scene where Venom fights all of these SWAT cops. In the, in the smoke. That first scene when he shows up and starts murking all those people was the same damn thing. You just kind of see him floating around in the background and beating up people. Just normal ass people. And also, it's 2022. Do we still have to have that scene of the big intimidating guy hitting the super powered guy with a pole or something and it bending and then going, oh, no, do we still have to have that scene? <laughs> is that still something that's necessary? Is that still something that people think is actually effective now? Yeah. Because they sure love that scene in this movie. Yeah. Just pull it from that old book, man. Just and that also, old book. <laughs> dude, why would they started shooting him in that cave? And he's just standing there. 
not even looking at them. Did they just keep shooting him? At what point do you go, this is not working? Would you, like, do you shoot until your gun is empty and then just run away? Maybe that would be the logic. I'd maybe understand that. But these motherfuckers were reloading, going, nope, clip number two. That's what's going to do it. He can only take 9,000 bullets. So let's just keep (laughs) shooting him until we get to bullet 99 and then he's going to go down or 9,000. Then he's going to go down. Like, that's the dumbest thing ever. And also, why did they have him get affected by that magical rock shit and get knocked out just for him to wake up, heal himself from it, and then never be a thing in the movie again? Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. What was that? (laughs) I mean, you're, you're totally right about that. And like, Really quickly, I want to go back to the kid, the 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 Terminator Two, John Connery kind of kid, like, because I was thinking about this, and and you can just tell me if this is stupid or not, but I found it weird that he was this kid who was like, heroes, heroes, we need heroes and stuff like that. Now, his mother said that the husband died, right, doing this liberation shit, right? Like, he died. He said he... I don't know if he died from liberation shit, but he was killed by intergang, regardless. The people they wanted to be liberated from, they did kill him. I just don't remember if he was doing liberation shit, and that's why they killed him. Yeah, I can't remember her exact wording, but I want to say whenever she was confronting them and talking about, you know, these people, blah, 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 my husband was killed. I want to say that, well, at the very least, he was killed doing that. I just wish that, I just found it weird that this kid, like, you know, he idolizes all these heroes and stuff like that. You know, and of course, I, I get that we have, we need a character. We feel like we need a character that knows all of that so that he can inform our fish out of water of what he's supposed to be and stuff like that. It's the the textbook superhero stuff. But man, Oh, you mean the exact same thing as in Shazam? Exactly right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Right down to it being an 11 year old kid in both movies. Yep, exactly. Except in another country. And it sucks because like what would have been cool is if why couldn't his dad have been like his hero? And so like because of, you know, the liberation and everything like that. Why couldn't he have saw his dad as a hero? And maybe the reason why he knew that comic shit is because his dad was the one that introduced him to that shit. And maybe he saw Black Adam as like, when he looked at Black Adam, he kind of saw his father. Not in the same way, but maybe his father had some of those qualities and stuff like that. Like maybe he just saw like, you know, you, there are certain things about you that remind me of him. Maybe his father had the same dry humor or whatever or something. Maybe there's something, some sort of, in some way, he just looked at 
The Rock and he saw his dad because he is a superhero. My dad got me into comics. My dad died for the cause. Like, maybe that's what draws him to The Rock. There's a way simpler thing, Justin. His dad's the person that told him the story of the champion that saved Condock 5,000 years ago. Yeah. That that totally could have been the champion my dad told me about. Yeah. My dad told me about you. And that's how I know this. And that's why I'm invested in this because my dad died and I've been looking, you know, my mom and I, you know, we're doing what we can, but he looks at the rock and he sees all of that. And it reminds him of his dad, all of it. And so why not give this kid something other than just the same shit we get all the time, you know, and you have the ingredients right there. You can streamline it even a little further. The kid, like the dad is the one that told the kid the story and the dad, because of the bullshit inner gang had been doing, the dad thought that it was like, was the person that like was the, the original person that was like, it's not just a story. It's real. The champion's there. We, I just have to find him and I can save Condog. And you know what I mean? An inner gang kills him while he's searching for him. While yeah. he's like trying to find the cave and all that shit. And then the mom takes over the thing, you know? Yep. And all and this the other mom stuff. takes over. Yeah. And, like, and, and the, now you, you have, know. they have layers. They have yeah. investment. There's, that's something we could see that and get behind and be like, man, this kid. And the cool thing about it is that it would have been this kind of cool, like full circle kind of thing with black Adam because of the relationship he had with his kid. Why didn't we, have those things in here like i just feel like a better writer would have had a way to put all this together because you have the ingredients right there in front of your damn face and we didn't do that i think part of the problem is that maybe those elements were in the script and then as they started filming and they got to the point to where they were almost going to film those scenes they realized that that kid's not as good of an actor as they thought he was and they scrapped it (laughs) Could be. Because I just, I did not understand so much of that. When he's just, when he gives that inspirational speech of like, hey guys, let's go liberate our country. Let's help Black Adam. Okay. (laughs) He spoke at that volume. (laughs) To a crowd of people being attacked by zombie monsters. Yeah. Like, also, why the fuck were there zombie monsters? Why did... Why did the writers of this movie rip off Terminator, but then also rip off the mummy returns of black, the, like the rock in a fight at the end and monster zombie things fighting people outside that it's, disintegrate when the monster yeah. head is dead. Yeah. It's like, they just go, man, the rock, a desert final fight means we need some zombie monsters too. <laughs> like, fuck man. Like, it's so fucking tiresome. I mean, Sorry, my cat started biting me. I mean, honestly, like that's another one of the the biggest problems with this movie is that Black Adams, I, I'm his character just feels like he has no conviction or motive. Like, I mean, you know, he does because we're told that he does, 
But if we weren't told his story of like why, you know, why he's doing what he's doing or why he is who he is, it would just take that whole part out, take his whole backstory out uh, with his son. Like you wouldn't know any sort of motivation that this guy had. Like you wouldn't even know that he's motivated by rage because he's not even an angry person. Like if he was, you'd be like, oh, he's angry about something. That's why he's so adamant about all these things. But he's not even he's not even an angry person. Like he's so calm every time he talks. So calm. It doesn't make any sense for somebody who's rage filled because their son was killed. And like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like it that it's just so like the opposite, like the character that Black Adam was in this movie is completely the opposite of what we're told he's supposed to be like. And if that was on purpose, they should have still done that better. (laughs) My guess is it wasn't on purpose. Because like you said at the beginning, Jastin, like the rock kind of toned down, you know, his energy level and things like that, because yeah, he is trying to be like, you know, this darker character or whatever. But like, I don't know. I just feel like the, the conviction of why he's that way was missing completely from this. And it bothered me because I'm like, how am I supposed to take you seriously as somebody who's like, driven by anything when you don't sound like you're driven by a single thing so it was just very frustrating well also i don't really understand the difference of mentalities between the rock earlier like when in the past and the rock as black adam like yeah because whenever he was like a prisoner slave person he was just like oh freedoms for the birds and all this other stuff but then his like he got transferred the powers and then he goes on the revenge killing of the king. Where did he become cocky and all about <laughs> smiting your enemies and nobody can take me and I am the most powerful being ever? Where did that aspect of his personality come from? Right. Because yeah. that's not in the story. At mm-hmm. no point in this story does that conversation he's having with the mother when he's like, well, who's going to teach him how to destroy his enemies then? That's not the character of the dad. When he was the dad. And the only difference was, is that when he got the Black Adam powers, he went and killed some guys. He went and killed the king. At no point did, was he ever really challenged or anything like that to where he'd be that cocky. You know what I mean? Like that, that aspect of the personality doesn't line up. You yep. give him that personality because you have the rock. And the rock can kind of feed that by his just presence to have that kind of cocky personality and what you expect from like the rock, especially if you're a wrestling fan, you love the cocky rock. So you get that part. I get why they wrote that in. It's just like, why didn't you give him like five lines of dialogue that show that? Right. Or like, why don't you establish that? Like, why don't you have it to where he is a freedom fighter? But because of his attitude and all these things, and because he was so angry and so malicious, that he wouldn't be the champion, but his son, who had better traits and wasn't like his dad, was the champion. You know, maybe like he was too fueled by revenge and he wanted to liberate or wanted to kill the king for revenge. But the son wanted to do it to liberate the people. 
You know, even like say all you do is you have the mom get killed by the king. And so the dad becomes like the leader of the resistance, but he's fueled by anger and revenge. But the son's like, no, I miss mom too, but she's not the only person the king has killed. The king has been killing our people. Mm. We need to liberate our people. It's not, it's not just about mom anymore. It's about everyone. And that's why he's the champion. But the king is going to kill the dad. And, you know, so you have that aspect of it where I transfer my powers to you. And then the son dies. And then, you know what I mean? That's a real easy fix. Yeah. You don't have him being this meek little asshole. And then turn into that black Adam. Right. There's no. That's where we're talking about. They fold the paper to make it easier. For that aspect of the story, they went, all right, here's point A, here's point B, and then they wadded it up and threw it away. Yeah. yeah. And he he had he was he hadn't come back in what five thousand years? Like he hadn't been yes. surfaced again for any reason before then, right? He's so like perfectly knows the lingo of what's being said. He knows the dialect perfectly. Like what? Like See, how? Part of that is supposed to be in in the character Shazam, it's the wisdom of Solomon. Okay. Okay. So the argument is, is that there's an Egyptian version of that, that aspect. He's got wisdom of a God. Okay. Therefore, that's why he can all of a sudden speak English. He understands stuff. Technology doesn't throw him off. He learns it. He learns that aspect very quickly. He can adapt mentally that quickly. Mm. that is that that's part of it but you are absolutely okay. right heather a better movie somebody should have gone fuck you speak english great for not for being you know not around it for 46 right. years right you know what i mean like you are absolutely right that line of dialogue should have been in this movie i hate the fact that i know enough about the comic <laughs> that didn't quite phase me. Mm, it okay. should have. But because I know the character, like I'm not saying I'm a Black Adam expert or anything like that. I've read some Black Adam comics. I know the correlating factor between like his acronym for Shazam and, you know, the other one's acronym for Shazam. Like it's the, the, the what used to be Captain Marvel, now just known as Shazam, it's all based on Greek characters, except for Solomon. I don't get that. They're very weird. But then, like I said, then Black Adams was more Egyptian based mythological characters. But it's the, like, like I said, but it's all based around the strength of this god, the wisdom of this one, mm. you know, the the agility of like it's all that type of stuff. Yeah. So that's why. Also, like, I'm really sad that they felt so much the need to explain their jokes in this movie. Like, I just feel like they kind of went out of their way to explain to you why they were trying to be funny in the moment. And I'm like, why? You're making it worse. And they just had some of the dumbest, like, so much of The Rock's dialogue was one-liners. Yeah. Yeah. He was, it was like he was doing a bad Mitch Hedberg impression. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's just like zingers, just zingers mm-hmm. constantly. 
And also, you know. like, the fact that he so easily and quickly gave up his powers. Like, it didn't even feel like he wanted to put up a fight. He was just like, okay, I'll do it. You know, like, it just was like, what? what? Literally, what is your motivation for anything? Like, I just, it was not tracking for me. And it's, it's, I, I, and with that aspect of it too, is that not a tiresome trope also? A hero losing their powers at the beginning of the third act? Yeah. Can yeah. we stop that one too? Can I tell you, you, man. So many superhero movies have gotten you into the third act with their fucking hero powered up. You know? Like, and they didn't even do it in an interesting way. Like, that I would argue that Iron Man 3 did a little bit better than this. Like, when Tony Stark doesn't have an armor going into the third act. And he's learning to adjust to it because he had been so powered for so long with the armor that it was a crutch to him. And so he had to relearn what it was like to not have it and to, to like, more or less re-earn it in that regard. That made it somewhat interesting in that same trope. But this was just a, okay, I'm done being Black Adam. Okay, I guess I'll be Black Adam again. Like, come on. This right. is fucking Superman with the kryptonite necklace in the swimming pool all over again. Yeah. Like, oh, and I have a question, too. I don't know if this is actually a thing or not. But, like, so when Dr. Fate dies, you know, the... um hawkman uses his helmet to trick the bad guy and then way later the helmet disintegrates why wouldn't it have dis- disintegrated like right away convenience mm. so he okay. can use it yeah. because i mean i'm like i don't read the comics so i'm like is that a thing where it's like you know he it no. will it will be around until they last need it and then it'll just, i don't know no. you know what i mean the thing no, is, okay. is the hell it was, the, it was totally exactly what you're saying. It was just them going, it would be cool if this happened with zero explanation. Right. Reason for it to happen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Fair enough. That's, you know, when Justin's like, you know, talking about the plot conveniences of Halloween ends, it's like, we can't go two <laughs> weeks without talking about stupid ass plot conveniences. Right. I mean, it, it really is that because that's, that's the helmet. I think helmet of destiny or, Helm of mm. Destiny, whatever. That's not even how it works in 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 any way, shape, or form. When you put it on, you can never take it off, mm. ever. Like so. Once again, this is the tired trope of heroes finding every reason in the world to take off their fucking masks slash helmets. Yeah, and they did it just so they could keep reminding you that oh, we got Pierce Brosnan to play this. Like, you know, that was just the only reason why they did that because I mean, right. he wouldn't have cared. You would CGI him out anyway. He wouldn't actually have to wear a helmet when they filmed it. They could, you know, CGI that shit in. He don't give a fuck. But that's solely why. And then on top of that, like, that's the whole thing. You put it on, you can't take it off. It's a blessing and a curse because, yes, you become one of the most powerful magical beings with all this, like, infinite knowledge. But then you also know fate. And you can never not know it. Like, it's like a constant thing. And it's like the downfall of being Dr. Fate. And it's a very tragic character, but but he still wants to be heroic because he wants to do the right thing. But 
Yeah. He constantly sees his friends die in all these different ways. Now, it's not always set in stone. Like they said in this, it's not too late to change the future. It's just the current events you're going on, this is the outcome. You know, that type of scenario. But he's constantly filled with the images of his friends and everybody he knows and loves dying constantly. And he can never directly intervene, but he can type of stuff. It's, you know, those big fucking plot conveniences they do in comics when it comes to fate and all that other stuff. But, you know, so like there's those those things with it. And but it's like one of those things with it, too. Like in the beginning of the movie, they're like, don't touch the helmet. It can be like the most the worst imaginable thing ever. Hawkman could just pick it the fuck up, though. Do some magic with it. Yeah, it makes no damn sense. Yeah. Why could he just do that? That didn't make any sense after they said it was dangerous, you know, and it just sucks because it just feels like wasted potential because some of the fighting with Dr. Fate was cool and him splitting into all these images and doing all of that kind of stuff, you know, now granted be, you know, even though Dr. Fate predates Dr. Strange, you just kind of can't help but sit there and go, he's the Dr. Strange of this, <laughs> you know, like it's well, just, no, yeah, which is unfortunate. Exactly. And, and with that too, <laughs> the funny thing is with that, is my biggest critique of the first Doctor Strange was that it's just the those magical whip things and like magical shields, and that's like peak magic and teleportation shit. Like that's it. That's all they do. You know, all of them, even the most powerful wizards, they all do the same or sorcerers, they all do the same shit. And then you get this guy, and all he can do is make everything kind of shiny and make copies of himself. And it's really cool. The first few times you see it until he does it for the 9,000th time. And then Hawkman goes, I'm going to do the same thing too. And you're just like, Oh, so it didn't even feel special to him. And like, there was one time where like he made this entire illusion, like he made conduct. Is that the name of the the place yeah, where we like were? Something like that, right? It's a fake country, so it's hard to remember. Yeah. Um, but whenever they were fighting the rock and he made it look like the rock's home, that was tight. Like, why did he do more stuff like that? Show more visions and, and stuff like that. I mean, and e- even in Doctor Strange, you know, there was that whole visual style of the mirror verse and all of that kind of stuff with the shit being upside down and all of that kind of crazy stuff, you know, like it would have just been cool to see more psychological stuff with Dr. Fate other than just the, the, the simple, I'm going to talk to this person right now in his head. I mean, it's just all shit we've seen before, you know, like, yeah, and it's just, you know, and like, it was just, and it was, the unfortunate thing is it was all shit we also already saw in the movie. Like, they, they, like I said, this movie repeats itself constantly, you know, yeah. and it just, it never ends up feeling fully fulfilled. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I'm done with this movie. Do you guys got anything else? 
Nah. I don't think so. No. <laughs> All right. On that note, thank you guys for listening to the Cinema Slayers podcast or this episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Oh my God, I can't talk anymore. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. Cinema Slayers podcast on Facebook. Cinema underscore Slayers on Twitter and Instagram. Cinema Slayers pod on TikTok. Cinema Slayers podcast on YouTube. Give us a five-star rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. Hit that like, hit that subscribe, hit that bell notification, all that YouTube shit. Uh, Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your friends, family, tell your family's friends. And most of all, tell those dear sweet mothers because dear sweet mothers love. I mean, God be the rock. It's got to be. It's fair. Or Pierce Brosnan, honestly. Or Aldous Hodge. Or all, all, yep, also true. There's lots for mothers to like now that I think about it in this movie. Um, It's not the movie itself. Yeah. (laughs) Shout out to Plug Migo and Mundo Ochoa for our theme song and logos respectively. Uh, Just remember here at Cinema Slayers. We are pro slut and pro Sydney. And as I end the podcast, TikTok and YouTube videos, <laughs> just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say on this part. Um, Nobody knows anything but you. Amanda Waller. Right? Is that who Viola Davis yeah. plays? I'm glad at least she thought that the Justice Society could take Black Adam, but that's way better than her thinking that the Suicide Squad could beat Superman. So, I mean, at least she kind of moved up in her thinking on that, you know? But then now she's on buddy buddy terms with Superman, apparently. Yeah, how did that happen? Now she knows how to tell Superman where to go. Damn, you're right. I didn't even think about that. Uh, yeah, when did that happen? And why is right. Superman te- teaming up with somebody who is just a homicidal maniac like Amanda Waller? I know. She's like the worst person. How is how is Superman doing anything she says? Right? Yeah. She has a team designed to, to kill him. And he goes, now nah, we can be friends. <laughs> the fuck is this movie? I can't believe you gave it a 50, Justin. I like The Rock. I think he feels very disloyal if he gives The Rock anything less than a 50%. But sometimes, Justin, loving someone is telling them when they're wrong. (laughs) What were you going to do? You're going to newspaper, roll it up, and hit him on the nose? Yes, and tell (laughs) him he's a bad rock. But you just have to tell him in, uh, but you don't always have to be so harsh about it. You can just kind of lay it on him gently. Like, it's not that great, man. (laughs) What's going on, buddy? No, Justin, it's because he, do you want this man to be another Russell Wilson? Too many people telling him he's great? No, (laughs) please, no. Nobody don't start it. I'm not saying he's down that road yet. I'm just saying don't be one of his yes men. That's all I'm saying. You're right. And it wasn't all him, though. I I tried to give some points to the stuff I liked. I liked the Justice Society. You know, I I liked them. I I liked half of them. You know, I liked the aesthetics. 
I, I liked some of the action sequences. You know what? That's fair, I Justin. Just, this this know, movie didn't look bad. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't. Uh, with it did. the exception of the whole hell and the 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 Deem Shazam. That yeah. was just and way generic too much slow motion shit. God, that mm. cyclone slow motion. It was every damn time. Yeah. They didn't even try to not do it in not slow motion. It could have looked mm. really cool, not in slow motion, too. Yeah, that's the thing. If you really want to show the destructive power of being a wind kinetic or whatever the fuck she called herself, show it at full speed. Yeah. Yeah. Just show it. Also, in case anyone's interested uh, with the DC news, so Peter Safran, the other one that's the CEO, he was the producer of lots of the movies like the uh, the Suicide Squad, Aquaman, uh, one of the other movies, DC movies. Oh, Peacemaker. He was a producer on that. And he was a producer of all of the Conjuring films. I had to look up who he okay, was. Okay, so he's friends with James Wan. Mm-hmm. And Peter Gunn or James Gunn. Yes. All right. You hmm. know what? That's not terrible. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't really like the Conjuring films, but I mean, overall, I do like James Wan as a director. Yeah. So if he believed in James Wan, I'll give this guy a chance. Right. And I mean, producing the Peacemaker show. I mean. Yeah. No, that's. Yeah. That's always a good thing. And the Suicide Squad. So mm-hmm. the last really good thing I think I've liked out of DC mm. was Peacemaker. So I get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And honestly, the next thing I'm looking forward to, honestly, like the, uh, in the imminent future, when it comes to DC Peacemaker season two is the only thing I'm looking forward to. So. Mm. All right. I'm out of here. <laughs>